Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Poucher, COO of K-Logics. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security programs. Today, we're joined by Chuck Thomas, Information Security Operations Manager at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island, where he's now been for over five years. Chuck has many years of experience managing different cybersecurity programs, and he's here to talk about budgets and budget planning, which is a pretty relevant topic considering most organizations tend to wrap their budgets up by the end of October. So Chuck, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Kevin. So to kick it off, Chuck, give everybody some background on your role at Blue Cross you know, how you got to the position as information security ops manager, the type of role that you report up to, and just give the audience an understanding of who Chuck is and how we got here. Sure. So I'm the security operations manager for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Uh, in a nutshell, what that essentially means is I manage most all of our security tools. Uh, I set the posture for how those programs that are associated with the tools are going to run. And how I got here is um, my journey actually started mostly on the risk side. Uh, and what happened was at the time I was reporting to our CISO and our CISO got promoted and there's some opportunities that came up. And uh, when this opportunity kind of uh, presented itself, I jumped at it. And here we are. Um, I'm about to enter my fifth year in the role and I am proud to you know, talk about, you know, as I said, uh, some of the, uh, the, the movement I made in terms of our security posture. Okay, well, let's get specific to that then. Um, how does your current organizations decide their program's budget for the current year? What's the process like? Yeah, so our CISO mostly controls the process. However, all of his leaders kind of come together and we all kind of give input on things that we want to kind of work on uh, during the course of the following year, right? Uh, so, um, you know, let's say one of his initiatives was to do something more with our endpoints, right? And as far as segmentation, uh, I would definitely go into that meeting and kind of give him some ideas and pitches for things that I would like to do with my tools to kind of help you know, achieve his vision. Um, so ultimately, as I said, the CISO has the ultimate uh, ultimate say, but the rest of us all have input in the process. Okay, so in terms of your input in the process, how much does it change from year to year? So for example, uh, do you tend to go through the same process uh, for your organization from year to year, or does that drastically change? It's typically this. I mean, for me so far, it's typically been, a, you know, generally the same process. Obviously, the threats and things that we're trying to protect may change from year to year, and that might definitely change the outlook of where I need funding to kind of close certain gaps. Uh, but as far as the process goes, the process is pretty consistent. Um, and the one thing I like to say about Blue Cross is, um, you know, whenever I've had a good argument for doing something, I've never been told no. Um, as long as I bring all my metrics and, you know, a valid rationalization for why I need to do something, Blue Cross will enable me to make it happen. So, okay, so what will happen in terms of, so for justification, you will bring metrics, charts, things like that to the table to your CISO? Correct. 
okay, and typically you'll present a case, and at least up until now, you tend to get what you want. That is absolutely correct. Okay. Do you prioritize people over technology? Is there one that you tend to prioritize? And then how about sort of the state of the economy over the past couple of years? Are you at, have, have you been asked to do more with less? Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that um, I, I want to say, our budget's been pretty much the same and has actually gone up a little bit. However, mm-hmm. to your point, we are definitely asked to do much more with less all the time. So it definitely feels like our budget's going down, even though dollar amounts are still the same. Um, but the way I kind of see it is you can't always just look at it, the dollar amounts. You got to look at like employee time as well, uh, which I also always view as another, you know, employee time is money, right? So if employees are spending more time, that to me means more money, right? So typically if I mean employees are spending excessive amount of time, we're not getting the results that we need. I can kind of, you know, again, present that in such a way to my leadership and say, hey, you know, this is our metrics right now. This is how we're doing. Um, And this is how much time and energy it's kind of taking us to get there. Um, And then basically what I can do is I'll map that against, you know, different approaches, right? Um, I think the best example I'm going to give you about what we did here. um, When I first got the role, one of the programs we had to manage was our vulnerability management program. And that was a very, very laborious manual process. Um, I knew coming into the job that, um, you know, if I continued on with the team that I had, I was simply was not going to be successful. Um, so I argued for some automation and I demonstrated that, hey, with the team of people that we have, the people centric process, this is the results we're getting. And the results were just not good or not where I want them to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Once we got some automation into the into the pipeline, you know, it was a one time cost. We dramatically improved the the state of that program by over 95%. Um, you know, when you look at where we were just two years ago to where we are now, it's night and day results uh, just with some of the automation that we were kind of able to put in. And again, I was able to rationalize that, which again, just some time value metrics as well as other KPIs about how terrible we were doing in that space until we made these necessary investments. Okay. Are there other other specific areas, you know, there's no need to mention any products that uh, you are allocating more budget for? Uh, and if that's not something you're at liberty to say, maybe you can talk about the industry in general. So I would say, um, again, we're talking about emerging trends and uh, mm-hmm. threats and things, right? So um, the big thing for us this year has been mm-hmm. kind of expanding our vulnerability management program and our footprint to kind of look at more than just endpoints. Uh, so we actually have expanded into more of that API space, right? So this year, the theme has been to kind of build that same kind of program that we have for vulnerability management, but now taking that to the APIs and making sure that we're not necessarily exposing more than we than we should, right? So we're mm-hmm. kind of, we're definitely actively looking at that uh, currently. Okay. Now you had mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that even in a down economy, you still are seeing additional budget being allocated. Based on what you know, either about your own organization or other organizations, is security being affected less than other departments? In a down economy, in terms of budgets being slashed, is it the uh, same? I would say that probably every security department has the same pressures that we are. Uh, obviously, if you work in a regulated industry such as the one that I'm in, uh, healthcare, mm-hmm. um, you are definitely always 
you know, again, uh, when you think about HIPAA, right, it's a million feet wide, but only two feet deep, right, which gives right. auditors and other compliance analysts a lot of levity in terms of like, hey, you should be looking at this, you should be looking at that. The reality is security teams are, you know, a certain size um, and there are only so many hours in a day, right? So, um, again, uh, so, you know, while my budget hasn't gone down, we are definitely, definitely asked to do more. So one of the things that I've had to do is just got really, really creative with my solutions, right? Um, so whenever I'm out there looking for a way to kind of do something, I'm always looking for automation, right? Because I can't necessarily grow my headcount, but I can definitely see if I can make my processes a little bit smarter and a little more effective to kind of close gaps that a human being necessarily isn't going to be able to achieve. So by automation, would that involve investing in new technology? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So like on a percentage basis, how much is spent on continuing to operationalize what you currently have versus investing in new technology like automation? So it's going to depend on what area I'm kind of looking at. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if there's a program that is working fine with the way it is, I probably wouldn't necessarily look to... Uh, change the way I'm doing things in that space. But however, if there's another area where there, you know, we've tried our approach with the people powered approach and we're just not seeing the results, that's when we'll kind of kind of branch out and look for a different way of doing things. Um, and we'll definitely reach out to vendors and others in the space. We'll talk to our peers really and get ideas on ways to kind of um, to fix it. Um, and that oftentimes takes us down a journey where, you know, then we make a decision, right? Do we get this new product or we stick with the way it is, right? And then you got to do some more quantification about, all right, the asset I'm trying to protect is this much. Uh, the new technology is going to cost this much. Is it something that's worth it? Or are we good with what we have, right? So there is definitely a good bit of analysis that goes into the into that decision about which uh, do we make the investment or do we stay with what we got? And I, I and speaking of that, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about justification in terms of, when it does come to a new spend, well, geez, I've given you X, Y, and Z over the past few years. What what in the world are you doing with that? Uh, you're coming to me with more and more and more. Are you proactively doing that justification in basically showing you, out that you, you've maximized what you can divest, what you can consolidate, and only new spend can solve this issue? You are absolutely right, right? I think a lot of times when IT teams go to leadership to ask for money, um, mm -hmm. obviously from an IT point of view, we know the technology and we understand the threat, right? But the typical lay person that you're kind of talking to may not necessarily have any idea how big the threat is or why it is, right? So I think it's really important when you talk about technology with lay people to really simplify it and really explain why that particular threat means something to my organization so they understand it, right? And then when you're asking for money, you really have to be realistic with what you're asking for. Don't ask for something small, right? Because most people, you know, because you're not going to have probably a second opportunity to get more money. You're going to ask for something realistic kind of upfront, right? So, um, you know, you get the spend that you need to kind of achieve, get the desired result. Um, and ultimately, you know, as I said, you need to, um, you just don't want to make it seem like it's a another toy for IT to play with, right? There needs to be some kind of real value proposition for what you're kind of buying. Um, and as I said, when I've done that, I've always been typically effective in getting what I've needed to get. And is that, is that do you need to have that justification and that final budget number in by October? Is that, is that the season? 
No, that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is, let's say hypothetically, you know, you get your budget, but then you go down the year and you realize, hey, you know, there's this gap that we have, right? So at my company, we do have a process where we can definitely go ask for more money. Um, you know, it's, you know, you got to make your case in front of senior leadership in front of the business, not even IT at this point, right? And again, that goes back to, again, explaining in layman's terms what exactly you're trying to do so that people feel good about giving them money. Um, and, um, you know, again, I think the big thing is, most business people don't want to make it seem like, you know, they don't want just to give another toy to IT so they can play with. It needs to be some kind of real return on investment. That's interesting. So your budget isn't necessarily set in stone for the year. If there is a need midway through the year and you have the proper justification, there could be discretionary funding that gets allocated to you. Absolutely. And it happens all the time. Huh. Interesting. So, Chuck, what about the converse of that? Let's say... You did a, an amazing job doing more with less, as you said earlier, less people, less investment in technology, and you actually don't use up all the budget allocated to you. Will you lose that budget for the following year? Yes, unless you can kind of allocate to something else. Yes, they will take that money away. You're not just going to be able to keep that extra balance in your account for lack of better words, right? Uh, that money will be clawed back if you're not going to use it. And quite frankly, at the end of the day, if you didn't need the money, it's probably the right thing to do to give it back to the business. But again, if they gave you the money um, and you have a, it's already there, you did happen not to use it all. If you have a good reason for where you want to kind of take that money, I, again, I've never experienced any pushback with that whatsoever. Of course, as you said, you know, we're in a down economy right now, so there is definitely pressure to kind of again, demonstrate value with your tools and what you have, right? But at the same time, there is something to be said about, you know, obviously you don't want to be holding, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that could be going somewhere else if you don't have a real anything to use it for, right? Uh, so I would say, again, if you have a good plan with that money, no one's going to give you any grief. But however, at the same time, recognizing the economy, uh, if I had that much left over, I would probably tend to give some of that back, right? You know, given the state of things. Yeah, I mean, it's the right thing to do, right? It's you, the right you, thing to you, do. You've, you've been there for five years, and you're clearly uh, in it for the long game. Yep. So I think that makes sense. How about the rise of artificial intelligence in, in chat, chat GPT? Like, does that affect budgets? Will it affect budgets? Not yet. However, I do think our industry is in for a, I would think within five years, you're going to see some major changes, right? I think with the rise of AI and chat GPT and all this other stuff, I think you're going to see a move to security departments potentially getting nimbler uh, just because now you have this, I mean, I'm going to borrow a term from Microsoft, right? You have a co-pilot kind of sitting next to you that can kind of help you all the hard stuff, I believe, is going to become a lot simpler with ChatGPT kind of sitting right there next to you. Um, if you have a question, again, the ability to ask that question in natural language and get a real answer back without spending hours and hours Googling and researching it, boy, that's a game changer. Uh, so I absolutely believe you're going to see some huge changes on industry within five years. So does that, so it sounds like what you mentioned could potentially be an augmentation of both People and technology. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Which is exciting and scary at the same time, right? 
Absolutely. But we've had these moments before and, you know, things have always kind of worked out. And I kind of always believe that, you know, with AI, you know, it's like the jobs of the future that haven't been invented yet. Right. I think there's going to be new use cases that come out of the AI revolution that create new jobs that people haven't even thought about yet. And that's what the, the, the economy of the future is going to be. Right. It's definitely going to be an economy of people kind of working side by side with machines and machines being able to do more and be able to mimic kind of like the person. Right. Um, so yeah, so we go back to doing more or less. Yeah, with AI, security teams are definitely going to be doing more or less. But the, big, the good news is you'll be able to be successful doing more or less because again, the AI will be able to kind of supplement any gaps that you may have and give you the answers you need in a quick, timely manner. All right, well, we have time for one more question. And so the question I'd love to close with is any sort of advice that you can think of for other security leaders when it comes to budget or budget planning, especially people that, you know, Chuck, haven't been doing this for 5, 10, 15 years like you have. Like they're going into the year, maybe their budget's not set, right? Anything that comes to mind that you really want them to know? Absolutely. Get a good handle on your metrics and really have some good metrics, right? I kind of feel like when you have data, um, data should be able to tell the story of why, where you are and where you want to get to and you know how and how to get there, right? Um, I find good metrics like time to savings, right? Again, when I had my old program and I, I talked about vulnerability management before and how brutal that process was, the way we used to do it, how many hours it consumed and just quite frankly, just the terrible results we were getting, right? Um, so have that data kind of showing, hey, um, you know, this is what I can get to if I do this, right? Have some good measurements on your KPIs and your KRIs, right? Show some metrics about how compliant you are with the current regulations, right? Um, I'm sure, you know, as, as a healthcare company, we have to be compliant with HIPAA, um, but some health companies have to be compliant with things like GDPR as well, right? Like the uh, the European regulations, which is a whole other set of complications, right? So definitely show how compliant with our regulations. Uh, show the value of, you know, like, um, you know, time to value, like, uh, uh, again, like this is how much this is what we're doing right now with this spend. If we did it with this way, we can get this kind of outcome, right? And then other things as well, like with security tools. I know the one thing that we're very cognizant and sensitive to is downtime with security tools, right? Uh, certainly don't want to minimize downtime, right? So if you have a ton of downtime, bring that to the table and say, hey, some of our old tools are causing this, this type of downtime. If we went to this, we would have much better results with our systems being up and, you know, our business users being happy. Um, so again, metrics, 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 and have good data, and the data should be able to tell the story. And the data doesn't lie. So and that's the data well, doesn't lie. Well said. Well, Chuck, thank you so much. We've about hit our time limit. So uh, we really want to thank you for uh, coming on. It was fun. How'd I do? You did great. And listen, we're at a time where, you know, budget planning, I think, is is important. People are finishing their budget season. It's that time of year again. And so you know, to be able to pick your brain and hear how you've approached this successfully over the past few years, I think will be really important to our listeners. So if anybody has any further questions, they can reach out to us uh, at info at KeyLogicSecurity.com uh, directly on our LinkedIn. And as always, you can hear this in any of our podcasts at KeyLogicSecurity.com forward slash podcasts. Chuck, thanks again. Great job. All right. Thank you, Kevin.